0: Hello everybody, welcome to the latest episode of Go Full Crypto. Uh, in this show, we interview a gentleman by the name of Sonny Ray. He is one of the co-founders of a cryptocurrency exchange called Unocoin. They are one of the earliest cryptocurrency exchanges in India, and they fought together uh, several legal battles to fight for uh, Bitcoin in India and we tell that story with Sunny or we hear Sunny tell that story rather on the show uh Sunny is now running two other podcasts so check those out too one is the uh is Bitcoin Stories and the other is the Love and Freedom Show uh we had a really nice time talking to Sunny he's a charismatic great storyteller he's uh He got lots of conviction in his views, which uh, will come out when you're listening to the show. So uh, tune into the whole thing because we cover a wide range of topics and uh, we we think that you'll really enjoy the conversation. Uh, So without further ado, let's dig in.
1: The thoughts and opinions expressed by Keegan Francis, Mogakshi Palwi, and the guests on the GoFull Crypto podcast are solely their own and are not intended as financial advice. The content discussed is for informational purposes only.
2: Hey, Sonny, welcome to our show.
1: Hello, hello. How are you?
2: we are doing pretty well. It's it's what, nine o'clock here right now, Keegan? Yeah. Yeah, 9.30. We're actually in India. My parents uh, were staying with my parents. Cool. Cool. Um, Spending a couple of months here and then we'll be back in Canada in May.
1: Whereabouts and in India are you? Pune. Pune. Cool. My parents are in Calcutta right now.
2: Oh, right on. Yeah. East. I don't think I've ever been, but I've seen it in a ton of movies and it looks like a beautiful place. I love the food. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> yeah. And yeah.
2: Like Bengali, Mithai. Oh, so good.
1: Mm. Yeah, it's uh it's pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome. My parents are there there for almost like a month and a half now. They're they're coming back soon, a couple of weeks. So uh yeah, it's always fun. You know, I remember I remember growing up, we'd always uh visit India like almost every year. And it was always like, you know, the kind of like the highlight where uh just like you know, being in a play going to a new place. And uh India is, yeah, it's, I wasn't born there, but it's definitely a place that's very right near and dear to my heart.
2: Right on. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of the, just in the past twenty four hours, India came up with um, a, a bill to legalize Bitcoin and crypto, mm-hmm. and um, about the tax. And I remember Brad saying that, uh, and even you know we're talking about the, the Bitcoin conference, potential Bitcoin conference in India mm-hmm. at some point on another chat. Um, and I remember everybody saying that you fought for Bitcoin in India. what, what what's that all about?
1: I uh, I mean, yeah, so I think it was our, like our team, Unocoin. Um, I think maybe what Brad was referring to was the fact that uh, a couple of years ago, maybe more than a couple of years ago now, 2017, 2018, these, it's pretty famous, like the central bank in India, essentially tried to shut down banking services to Bitcoin companies. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember that.
2: I don't, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, so that
1: was... That was something that had happened and uh yes um well,
0: like it, mm, yeah sorry. so like in india flip-flops i i in every like four or five months it, it, like they're they're banning it and then they're unbanning it and they're banning it they're unbanning it that's at least my perception from like an outward view is that like an actual accurate representation of what what's gone on in, in the last three or four years or i bet it's a lot more nuanced than that yeah, yeah. So that that that's accurate uh, if you listen to the
1: media, but we all know how accurate the media is. Right, exactly. So, uh, Let's clear so, that up then. Uh, but statistically speaking, I mean, I don't think India's ever banned Bitcoin, right? Like as in nobody's allowed to hold Bitcoin forever or anything like that. The nuance you could say that we had to fight with it was they the central bank more specifically it was not India but the central bank uh, uh, tried to uh, tell all the banks that they were not they should not be working with uh, companies that allow the buying and selling of Bitcoin right and so that was specifically the attack vector if you will. <laughs> um, and yeah, and so I guess Unocoin is 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 kind of known because uh, it was my it wasn't myself it was my co-founder Harish who was actually on like on the stand when in that court case. So it was like a two year long court case. That, the, the the Netflix movie you know or Hollywood movie Bollywood movie will be made someday. <laughs> We're working <laughs> our way up towards it, but it was pretty epic. There was lots of ups and downs, and and so essentially, long story short, um, we ended up. Uh, winning that supreme court case and that was pretty pretty interesting because it was i think the second time in history that that had ever happened uh where the supreme court overruled the rbi um and uh and you know we thought it was a bit of a david versus goliath type of event you know we exactly. were like a scrappy bitcoin startup with all the odds <laughs> against us and uh and and like i said uh you know there was obviously a community of people that came together and and you know fought that there was people that were vocal more like online versus, you know, the community service, like people fighting in the courts. There's, I mean, there's just so many different things happening, right? Entrepreneurs trying to figure out how to, you know, innovate in spite of it. But that was, that was a pretty tough time, but it was, it wasn't that Bitcoin was banned. It was that, uh, that banks weren't allowed to work with it.
2: Mm.
1: It was interesting. And companies like WazirX actually popped up in that time and they, they started offering more like peer-to-peer services, Right. Um, where they said, okay, we'll we'll remove ourselves. If 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 our bank is the problem, we'll just allow our buyers and sellers to connect directly, which was very clever. I've actually interviewed uh Nichelle on my show as well, Bitcoin Stories. I'm on like 120 episodes. I've taken a little break. I'm doing a, a new show now called the Love and Freedom Show. <laughs> a little bit more all encompassing, but um, but anyway, so yeah, so I think, uh, so that was really the highlight of it. You know, like I said, there's lots of upside downs. There's like, like, literally there'll be movies made and there'll be like the long Indian type, you know, like the four and a, <laughs> and a half hour long ones. <laughs> keep in the middle, in the yeah. Dimension. Lots of character development, dances in the middle of, you know, <laughs> yeah. Anyways, but, uh, no, I, I mean, I mean, it's, I joke about that stuff, but it's pretty crazy. Like our competitors in, in India now, some of them have, you know, and so you, you could say like in the wake of that victory, Unocoin... A, it it was like we had to take kind of what is it two steps back or something before we or one step back before you could take two forward um uh, we took a lot of arrows in the back you know just because we were really the one of the main companies funding it and also kind of you know being present and really going all in on that path and as a result um you know once we won that there was a lot of like rebuilding and then kind of regrouping and bringing our team together and rebuilding our stack and kind of you know, making it so that UnoCoin is something that we're passionate about, right? Because I mean, even two years, lots happens, right, in the market. Anyway, so yeah, that so the last year has really been about kind of rebuilding. Or Tim Draper invested in our company, you know, like a year and a half ago. Barry Silbert is like, I'm sure you've probably heard of him. He's one of the first investors in UnoCoin back in 2014, he invested. Um, but yeah, but Unicoin's got a kind of a lengthy story. But the but the to answer your question though specifically, yeah, it was it was that 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 most people are probably referring to. Um, and then you touched on the tax thing. You know, I woke up, but I saw that stuff and kind of heard it too, and uh, uh, was a bit like mixed feelings right in the sense that you know it's good obviously so I kind of waited for my to connect with my team before I came up with an opinion I was like so guys uh, like this is amazing everyone's gonna love bitcoin in India because it's like finally like recognized blah, blah blah I'm like yes exactly that's exactly what I thought of course <laughs> um but you know but a part of me is like wait why am I celebrating you know a tax on on bitcoin and then on every I'm transaction 30 percent and then what sorry excuse me one percent on every you know transfer it's 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 a step in the right direction you know i don't think it's uh, we'll see what, how it all pans out right there's a lot of back and forth and you know this is kind of their first uh, go at it you know it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see how countries you know stay competitive in this like new world that that uh, is coming right and you see El Salvador and some of these other countries that are very like forward thinking and you see places like Texas and so um so i think all these things will come into play but uh, but i think it's it's at least from the Uno Coin team's perspective it's uh, it's a win because for us the biggest barrier to entry for most people is they're just like oh the government thinks it's like you know terrible and you know we're gonna get in trouble but now if they're saying hey we're gonna tax it it's not like doesn't solve the bigger problem but it's like you could say well tax is part of it the central bank is a part of it okay kind of like checkboxes in those and now there's like okay is it a security and we know the game right in in terms of like the united states what's played out and and india has similar you know similar but different you know kind of structure systems um but yeah anyways i'll kind of pause there what uh where do you guys want to go next
2: I'm actually looking forward to the news pieces that we're gonna see uh, come out next because we've been here almost a month now in India, and uh, every time that my mom finds something written about crypto or about Bitcoin in the newspaper, she's like, "Oh, take a look at this. What does this say?" And every single time, it has been still the narrative is, "Oh, Bitcoin is used to launder money, or this yeah. system was hacked somewhere in India, and they use Bitcoin as ransom money. So mm-hmm. you know, Bitcoin is bad," um, and if you know, because of the very recent news, I really hope that in the coming weeks the the newspaper, you know, turns it finds different writers, or these people that understand Bitcoin differently and, uh, and or just understands it in general, it. honestly, because mm. a like of, articles- of the pieces that we've read have come from a place of not understanding that Bitcoin is a public ledger. every my every transaction is um visible uh, on the Bitcoin network. so,
0: yeah, they're just not describing it mm-hmm. thing together very well at all. like they're they're not actually saying what it does. they're, they're are they're they're saying a lot of things that just aren't, aren't true, which is like, oh, okay, um I'm, I like that there's a Bitcoin article in the local newspaper, and not, but I don't really appreciate the uh, the, the lack of, of accuracy with respect to the, the, how it actually works. and Yeah, I think, absolutely. Uh, mm-hmm. That was very important as well. Yeah. yeah, I think education is going to,
1: we've always kind of felt like that was something that was, you know, going to be, going to have to be front and center. We have something called university.com, which we haven't really spent a lot of love or time on much recently, but it's something we want to focus back on. And just like yeah, kind of teaching people about, you know, Bitcoin specifically, Bitcoin. I'm, I'm. By the way, I agree with you guys. I'm, I'm like a Bitcoin. I think it's pretty, pretty obvious. Like my podcast is called Bitcoin Stories. I, I, I speak very positively about Bitcoin, and uh, I, yeah, I try not to speak negatively about the other ones. But it's hard to speak positively about you know anything else, outside of Bitcoin. Um, you know, on Unocoin, we, we kind of learned the hard way that as a marketplace, it's hard to be just so choosy and be like, oh, we're just Bitcoin. I know, I obviously respect. Uh, companies like Swan Bitcoin and uh, companies like Hive and and a lot of these new companies that are just Bitcoin only. But for us, we we realized through hard times that being a Bitcoin maximalist and an exchange is kind of uh, an oxymoron because people, it's it's like a human nature thing. Like, why would I go to a store that has this one thing of one thing versus (laughs) "Ah, this thing has a thousand things? So our thinking was always like, yeah, use that as like a way of you know bringing people in. Just like we look at payment processors and banking channels as a way of bringing people's fiat money in, right? Dirty fiat money. We look at Amazon. We we have connections where you can exchange your crypto for you know Amazon gift cards and Coffee Cafe Day, all this stuff, right? But we think that's uh, that's all that's all that's all makes Bitcoin. Like those are all like paths into Bitcoin. Does that make sense? Like yeah, you're, yeah, you're like yeah, if you're yeah. a shit coiner, maybe you got hooked because of Doge and you listened to Elon, wrongfully so. Okay, well now <laughs> you you can you can right your wrongs. Just come into Bitcoin. It's that easy. Just click up a button. So we think of ourselves as a Bitcoin exchange. Sorry,
0: you've earned your stripes at that point, and that is yeah, that yeah, yeah, actually how yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I got in. I mind Doge no fa- before I, I
1: think- bought Bitcoin. I think our first iteration of the kind of the crypto whatever play was just to make it a one way. Like a, you can only take your crypto and, and turn it into Bitcoin, uh-huh. right? But that's like <laughs> that's like making people only be able to like send you fiat and to buy Bitcoin, but not to be able to sell it, right? It's like, it's like yes, it's always hodl, don't ever sell, but it's like life comes up and I've been around for 10 years and it's like... You know, like I, I did not hodl everything. I wish I could, but it's like you have to buy food, you have to pay for stuff, and sometimes yeah. you're a little bit off on the math, right? You got to liquidate, so it happens, right? So we think we think that's why Unocoin has kind of been around. We were the first to market, you know. We're, and and we recognize we're not really market leaders now. I think from a volume perspective, you know, we get that as well. We're not like uh, we don't have our head in the sand, but that's because we we were the ones, like I said, who took a lot of arrows in the back and. You know, in the wake of our victory, we believe that a lot of our competitors uh, really did what they should have done, right? They hired, they brought really, really smart people on board from like IIT and blah, blah, blah. They brought on the best investors like Sequoia and Tiger and you know, like like the best Coinbase Ventures and Temasek and like literally like the 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 the, the you know the Goliaths in, in terms of investors, but. Uh, Like I said before, for us, we're always like, we always like to challenge, you know, and so for us, it's exciting now that because we're not like kind of in the lead per se, it gives us a chance to really dig deep, uh, you know, figure out like, what does growth really mean? And how do you drive it? And, you know, how do you, um, how do you also build a company that's like, you know, that's going to be, um, around like another 10 years from now, a hundred years from now or whatever. So it's good. It's fun. We're, 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 we're doing a lot of things that I think, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I was always wishing that we had done. Um, and yeah, so it's fun anyway. So where, where, where do you guys want to go next? <laughs>
2: Well, I actually was wondering if you are mm. if you were based out of Canada, then how mm-hmm. come the Uno coin was you know is, oh. is it headquartered in India?
1: Yeah, so I should mention like our eighty some employees, our three other co founders are all in India, um, and the story goes: how does it go? I okay, so my story, I guess, by just really quickly without boring people, my parents met. No, I'm kidding. Uh, I, it was so I was born <laughs> in Canada edmonton alberta uh first 20 years of my life the last 20 years of my life have been more in like toronto the east part of canada minus about five or the six years part. when yeah um eastern so uh and then uh and then and then in, it was about when was it geez uh 20 i think about 2011 or so um so i i studied electrical engineering i spent about 10 years in um doing doing robotics, doing business development. I also ran my own financial brokerage uh for a couple of years. I had an infatuation with like trying to understand what money was and yeah. was never really getting the answer. And I like became yep. a financial broker advisor. They I would like, you know, try and teach families about it, like literally thousands of them. And and then one day I was like, wait, I Still don't understand what money is like this thing is like, <laughs> no one no one can explain i've been to the top of these banks talked to these like ceos and it's like wait nobody really knows they just like come up with these weird answers like so so that 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 was what made me leave the space and then in 2011 or so i was at, at the end of my kind of 10 years in like robotics and all that i was living in india on behalf of that company it was a canadian company we we're selling robots like like really crazy robots like five <laughs> degree of freedom you know i don't know hexapods stuff that would go to the moon and stuff and and so i was selling so i told my ceo one day i was like you know paul instead of like flying me to india and bringing me back that's kind of expensive like why don't you just get me a one-way ticket? And I'll just like find a place and I'll just, you know, with all the money, my budget, like I could just live there, dude. And he's like, okay. So I just went, I just moved to India. So I was just working there. And then and then around that time was when I kind of got bit by, the, bit by the Bitcoin bug. And, you know, I I spent almost, I don't know, four or five months, six months in hibernation. I had my grandmother living with me at the other time. So I was just like, you know, just telling her about it all the time, you know. <laughs> um, and uh, Wait, yeah, and then finally him. one day. Like, yeah, sorry, go how ahead.
2: Did, how did you find out about Bitcoin?
1: I good question. I believe it was YouTube and I believe it was a guy named DaVinci who's still around, who's like super popular. I don't know if you know him, DaVinci 15 or something. He's like a YouTuber. He has been talking about Bitcoin forever, forever. Like he has a famous, <laughs> he has a famous, famous YouTube video that's like something like telling people to buy it when it was a dollar or something, right? And and I, I'd miss that, but but I'd <laughs> caught him early enough where I, I I'd learned. And then, you know, and then you just kind of fall down the YouTube kind of, you know, Robert, yeah. Roger Ver at the time, Eric Voorhees, Max Kaiser, who's now an investor doing a coin, all these like, you know, like early. People that would break down liberty, break down the technology. And luckily, um, so after six months of like boring my grandmother, um, you know, God rest her soul. Uh, she's she passed away a couple of years ago, but she was she asked, she was like, OK, Sunny, you really need to like get some friends. You need to like meet some other people like that are into Bitcoin or something. Right. So I, that's when I started um, doing the meetup. So on meetup.com, we started this meetup called India Bitcoin um, and started doing them every Every couple of weeks, I think it was, um, and then my wife, who's from Colombia, when she got there, we started doing them regularly, and we just told each other, we're like, okay, even if no one shows up, like we'll just hang out with each other, you know, no big deal. <laughs> So it was like, perfect. Uh, but yeah, we just started doing them regularly. I think it was every week we would do them. And, you know, slowly, it was like grass growing at the beginning. It was super slow. But I think just doing it on the regular gave people like, existence. you know, oh, okay, these guys are going to be around and they're not going anywhere. And for us, we were like always talking about Bitcoin anyway. So it didn't, it wasn't like weird. Um, anyway, so we started doing these meetups. Uh, then we started filling up coffee shops. And then, the you know, these people get upset. So then we started doing them in five-star hotels, which is, like, highly recommended because they, like, pat you down and super high-class. People, like, come in with an expectation that it's, like, something big, even though it's just you know, just at a five-star hotel. Um, And so, yeah, and then we just started building them up. And then finally they got so big at the five-star hotels that like, you know, Lila palace, for example, we'd fill up like the outside area so much so that finally we decided that we would just do an event, you know? So we built up, we built up towards an event that way. So for us, we knew that when we did an event, it wouldn't be like, Oh, are, are people going to come? It was like, we know they're right. coming. Cause we know them by face. Like we've already asked them like, by you know, Hey, are you going to come? Like if we charge this much, like, of course. And so we ended up doing an event called the Global Bitcoin Conference in, um, in, in, in Bangalore at the Sheraton in like 20, I think it was uh, 13, December 2013. And it wow. was then. Wow. We, yeah, That's that was when we launched.
2: So
1: I know, I know. Yeah, that was when we launched Unicoin. It was like, uh, and it was really funny because by then I had left my robotics job for a, a Bitcoin job. I, I got a job with a company called Buttercoin that was based in Silicon Valley. They were building a Bitcoin exchange, you know, uh, we're competing, trying to compete against Coinbase. And, um, very, very fascinating. It was like Y Combinator, Google venture back, you know, Kevin Rose and all the, you know, all the big names, they were all part of it. And so I got to, I got to kind of, you know, see that side of the world, which is always something I was really interested in and learning about like venture capital, learning about, you know, things like just like, just everything, right. Silicon Valley has so much going for it. And, and I actually worked for Buttercoin. And so at this event, Like there's still videos of it on YouTube. There's probably not too many, you know, views, but there's some videos of it where I'm like on stage and, and I'm wearing my Buttercoin shirt, and you know, and 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 by then, UnoCoin was UnoCoin was. So my wife is like I said from Colombia, so I'm learning Spanish. And when I learned about Bitcoin, right, I thought Bitcoin's the one, right? UnoCoin, so like the one coin's the shift. one that you need, right? <laughs> Type of deal. That was kind of the thought behind it. And so, um, but because you know, I'd kind of launched UnoCoin a couple of years prior to all of like us launching a brokerage, I'd kind of thrown up a WordPress site just to kind of, you know, keep people really to just answer questions. Right. Cause at my events, people would be like, Oh, what's Bitcoin? It's like a really again. Okay. Here's this YouTube <laughs> video you need to check out. Oh, okay. Where do we buy Bitcoin? Okay. You go here. Where do you So we would just like, you know, make it a useful site. And then, when I met Sutvik, so one day at one of my events at uh, at Lila Palace, like the entourage, no, it was actually Hard Rock Cafe, the entourage walked in with like Sutvik at the center of it, who's like, I don't know, he's like a human lion or something, right? He's like, <laughs> uh, he's got an entourage, his cousins, his friends, they all come in and his wife who's dressed it like, you know, he, he just looks like a king. Um, And so uh, uh, Satvik, when he walked into one of my events after six months, maybe one year of us doing events, he finally came in and we were like, you know, it was like, ah, like the lights. And I was just like, yes, this, this is the guy I've been looking for. And him and I were like a match made in heaven because, you know, I'm an engineer. I'm like a business development guy. I know money. I can talk. I can, I know sales and marketing, all that stuff, but I'm not, I'm not so good at programming. (laughs) I've had like, like I've had so many programming classes. I've had jobs where they like literally depended on me. Bad idea for programming. So I know how to program. I teach my kids how to program. I, I think I have a lot of adoration for like, like you know, programmers. I'm always I have like you know books on my shelf. I'm always learning, but, but I do not consider myself a programmer. Um, and so, so what happens is that you know if you just have a lot of ideas, you know you can't really bring them to life, right? Unless you can actually like program really well or proficiently or have a team or whatever. So, so when when I met Satvik, Satvik was Kind of like the same, like he was like really pumped up about bitcoin, but he was also you know um he'd already he he was like a programmer out of his like diaper or something right um and and on top of that he he had a company, a successful company at the time that was um doing. <clears throat> That was doing like they were making they were making things for Second Life. You know, now metaverse meta is all yeah. big, but like Second Verse was Second Life was the original metaverse. So he was yeah. making little um virtual pets called phoenixes that people could breed, and like the mom and the dad would come together and the child would have like genetic characteristics of the parents. And and, sure. and 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 to keep your little virtual pet alive you would have to feed it, which would cost a dollar a month. And he had <laughs> 60,000, like, literal little old ladies or whoever it is buying these virtual pets from all over the world. A um, dollar a piece. Like, I think it was like 60, 70, that at the time. So he was already, you know, financially well off. He already had a business. Like the guy was super smart. He had an entourage. And so when he came in, um, I was like, dude, like have you heard about mining he's like have i ever let's build a mining rig we get some people together we send some people to new york the next week we've got rigs avalons okay we got the butterfly labs okay well, let's buy the chips and build the pcbs let's build you know the mining rigs around it okay we so we started doing mining we did like 10 different things like we did our thinking was like you know we're just having fun so like no there's no there's nothing really heart without harming anyone and just might as well just you know experiment tinker and build as many things and learn in the process and we learned pretty quickly that mining is mining is what mining is hard. <laughs> yeah. You can lose a lot of money, money, mining, uh, you know, especially if you think of Bitcoin as money, right. Um, as in like, yeah. if you compare it in Bitcoin terms, you can, if you're not really, really, really good at what you're doing. Um, you know, so we try, we did conferences, like I said, we launched at a conference that we did that we threw called the global Bitcoin conference. We did conferences, uh, with, you know, we're charging hundreds of dollars a ticket and like, you know, media and regulators. It was like entrepreneurs, lots of crazy things. But anyway, I think, yeah, should, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Go money. ahead. Please, please.
0: Yeah. 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 You said that you I'm can just on on money, money with mining. um, And in mm-hmm. Bitcoin terms, does that mean like in yeah. a nutshell, that So you if we put make- in a hundred, you got 30,
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> something yeah, yeah. like that. <laughs> like meaning you got back 30. And it was, the reason was we hit this like crazy, difficulty peak because we were we were right. so early that that asics were just coming on the market and it was going from like so many nanometers to so many nanometers and it just kept getting better and better and we kind of came in at the knee of the curve so we just it was like a bad timing but my point right. is is like if you put in about 100 or let's say one bitcoin you came out with 0.3 or if you put in a thousand i'm not you know but, but that, that was kind of the the outlay so we, we were just like okay lesson learned let's try something else and we just kept trying different things and the one thing that kept coming up is um we didn't really have a way for people to buy bitcoin they would come to our events they'd be like oh this is amazing this like beautiful story this youtube video you're showing me but like where can i get some and it's like no <laughs> <laughs> like, and then finally, we'd be like, oh, there's a guy over there that wants to sell. And then you maybe you can just, you know, talk to him. And then it, we just started putting it all together. And, and really, there was a service called Buy Sell Bitcoin by a guy named Mahin, which was like a really simple, like it's not a wallet, no bank connection, no KYC. It was just like, you go to a bank, you deposit some cash. And you just somehow, you know, you get your public key from their website, and it's like a website, no sign in, nothing. You just, just click a button and you get your, it was like easy. Like, you know, Bitcoin could be very easy, right? Like, it's all this BS that we put on top of it is just so that we don't get in trouble with police and banks and regulators and a million other, you know, people, right? It's like Bitcoin is very simple. So they had a very simple website, but we also knew that you know, there were Coinbases of the world, right? That were like just making platforms, right? Proper platforms. And so so it was actually, yeah. So that was kind of the, the you know, the aha moment. And one of our meetups we were just like something, let's just build, you know, um, let's just build, you know, a platform. Let's build like something like the Coinbase of India. And uh, and we did, <laughs> you know, the rest is history. And and I think a week later, after the event, after our launch, we had like ten no, we had thirty people from the tax department front door lined up. We had four employees, but thirty people from the tax department. And I had jetted already to Columbia because that my, my 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 wife's family's from there. So I was like sitting on the side of a pool. I'm like reading all this on Twitter, like <laughs> thirty people at their at our front door. I'm like and I I remember and one of our and buy sell Bitcoin mine who, by the way, went on to start a company called um, Zepay. And, and then they ended up selling that company. But Zepay, and so they're legendary, right? Um, yeah. But they they were getting in a bit of trouble. This is way back in the day, right? And so I remember I called Sattvic one day and I was like, Sattvic, let's hang up the gloves. Like, this is literally, like, I was working for Buttercoy. I was fine. But I was just like, dude, like, this is, a, why are we going to do all this? This is too risky, right? Um, and it was actually Sattvic. Sattvic was like, Sonny, like, look, we haven't done anything wrong um you know like like we're just we're we're like even doing kyc we're doing you know all the right things and um like we've only been around for a week like so why so he 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 (laughs) kind of just like um you know like he does what he, he did what he does which is like he just like he's like Udo Coins I don't know like dad or something I gave it birth and he just kind of keeps it (laughs) keeps it going um he's he's really good so 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 um there's two other guys there's Harish as well and there's who I mentioned he's the guy kind of like on the stand he's all he's like the heart I don't know if something's the brain he's the heart I'm probably just like the mouth or something I don't know what I am (laughs) right but uh but and then we have another guy named uh named Abhi who's really the head of like product and marketing and so he's, I don't know, he's led the legs. He's he's kind of like he brings it all to life. So we have a really nice kind of uh, you know, synergy. Oh, what a terrible word, but you know what I mean, uh, yeah. between all of us. Uh, but I, did I answer your question, but I, there was a bunch of questions in there. I don't know if I answered them. You asked where did Uno with the story behind Uno coin, how we started? You asked about, you know, okay. like I Mm. Sorry? I was curious
2: about I was curious about how you you were, you know, born and raised in Canada, but you yeah. uh, found yourself founding, be one of the founders of LunaCoin. That's yeah. what I was curious about. And then That's eventually
1: not- I moved back to Canada and I ne- right. and you know, because of like for example, I wake up kind of early so I can do my calls with the guys. I stay up late. Right. And and because I do a lot of like business development stuff, um, you know, a lot of our partners and stuff like that are on this side of the world. Right. Right. Um, Like just by way of example, I remember when I was living even in Canada uh, I was going to a place called uh, I was working out of a place called Bitcoin uh, Decentral. I don't know if you guys have heard of Decentral, but it was was founded by a guy named Anthony DiOrio who founded Ethereum with Vitalik. Like I literally saw Vitalik write Ethereum with my own eyeballs (laughs) (laughs) because I was in Toronto. And so, you know, I mean, I can I can talk uh, very negatively about Ethereum till I'm blue in the face. I have a lot of criticisms about it, but um, but I mean, you know credit where credit's due. It's, it's done quite well, obviously, over the last so many years, you know, and um, and so so I've been front and center with that, you know, with whether it's like I said, like raising capital on our side, you know, it's New York and Silicon Valley and all these they're all in these time zones. And so for me, it's it's more about. um, Yeah. So I kind of like I meet I wake up early. So I think with the, my team when they're kind of at the end of their day, and then I think and I kind of like work throughout the day. I don't know. It's kind of hard uh, to explain, but it kind of works because it makes UnoCoin 24-7, you know, in the sense that, oh, yeah. if something's going on online or someone's saying something. I can just like, I mean, not that I ever do, but like, you know, I could, you know, kind of wake people up, but it's always, our brain's always kind of moving forward in some way. But, but you know, everyone's really in in, in Bangalore. Most of the guys um, and girls, lots of girls, lots of ladies. <laughs> we have a lot of engineers that are ladies at, uh, at UnoCoin. But, yeah, um
2: wonderful setup, by the way, because mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, like, like right now, we are sort of on the opposite end of things because uh, all of our clients are in the West and then in, in mm. Canada and the states. So and the u k. So we kind of wake up and have a really relaxed morning. Yeah, we do. It's but, awesome. <laughs> but then we are both late, like night owls, late birds. Yeah, March? night hours. Yeah. yeah, and uh, around six o'clock is when things start to ramp up for us. And we've had a great day at, to that point because we've had a really relaxing morning and afternoon. And then evening is when we start working right into like after midnight until two o'clock or three o'clock sometimes. So it's been yeah. a lot of...
1: Yeah, but we've been, I've been working remotely too for like, uh, like even like Kwanzaa because I had moved, I mean, the previous company I was at, because I had moved to India, I had kind of detached myself from like, you know, being in the same time zone as my team. And so for almost like 11, 12 years now, I've always been working remotely because for me, it's like, it's not about like hours or time. It's just about like these are the goals, right? And it's like yeah. Uh, yeah. a type of deal. And as everyone, and I'm working on things like okrs and business plans and this and that. So and like you know, pitching investors, which actually helps to be on this side, like I said, like a lot of our capital comes from you know this side of the world
2: right on that, that sounds that's all that all sounds great. I think that uh, we're gonna have to do a little bit. Uh, dig a little bit deeper on Unocoin because we're actually looking for exchanges that we can recommend to the people that we meet here. And since well I became Canadian a couple of years ago. So like I don't have identification to sign up um and like send money the way that the like exchanges accept money these days with the UPI and PayPay and all of all of those things. Mm. So we've been looking for exchanges to like one that we can experiment with and, and trust. And know the team of that uh, mm-hmm. we start recommending to people. Yeah. So thank you um, for
1: giving you, such. You a guys deal. don't have a pan. You, you guys have a pan card or anything or no?
2: No, Keegan doesn't. I used to, but mm. mine's kind of just not valid anymore.
1: Oh, I got you. I got you. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Aadhar card. No.
2: I had one I mean like I still have one but mm. since I'm a non-resident Indian and like well,
0: it's yeah. yeah both of us will be getting our OCI cards yeah. um hopefully in April yeah but, uh, we might have yeah to I mean come. I can connect
1: you guys to Sudhek I'm sure we can you know I'm if there is a way but I do know you need like for example an Indian bank account at least and yeah. maybe at least uh other PAN or something I'm sure we can figure something out but uh but yeah, yeah, no, no coin. You can definitely trust it. We have like an Android app. We have million, almost two million users. You know, it's uh, you- we're adding about ten thousand people a day right now. Maybe two, three thousand get through KYC. It's like, it's pretty. I mean, you know, it's pretty. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. Um, and like it's it's growing really really fast right now, and and you know our, our products really coming together nicely, and we have a lot of stuff like our website for example is really bad. We have our a new website that's going live. Hopefully they keep telling me next week, but I think Thursday should be going live. So. So totally. yeah, so our and our our Android app is gonna go live in a week as well. So yeah, we we've been you know so for us it's been a lot of like rebuilding and making sure it's like the best ever, right? That we're super proud, which we were kind of there now and and yeah, and like I said, I'm sure you guys heard right last year a couple of our competitors raised like at billions of dollars, like <laughs> like, like the show is <laughs> like India is becoming really kind of front and center right now for for investors and for the market, right? So. And now with this tax news, who knows? We'll see. We'll see what happens. I think it's like bittersweet, right? I mean, it's definitely gonna hurt. I think the market because, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, Naimish from Coin Crunch, he did like a nice little Twitter thread on it. Um, uh, Coin Crunch, he's the founder. Yeah, look him up on Twitter. I think he's. Uh, yeah, but I, it'll be it'll be interesting. But you know, thus that's is Bitcoin in India, right? Like it's, it's it's always this, like you said that you know you it's always like banning on banning. That's kind of the perception a lot of people have from outside of india um but within india too it's just like it's been a mess uh but you know the fact that the let's just put it this way even a year ago right there was like this talk about all Oh, they're gonna oh, ban Bitcoin again, potentially. Oh, this, that, you're minister, from, or whatever. Cut you up and say you know win, win. From that person, that perspective. Oh, uh oh, you guys we're back?
2: Yes. Yeah,
1: you guys froze on me as well. <laughs> okay. You, okay, so where did I get cut off? <laughs> Sorry.
2: Actually, it was like even one year back, and then you were cut off. But then, uh, like after, yeah, even one
1: time. year back, even one year back, the story, like you were saying, you know, was kind of murky. It wasn't. It was not banned but it was something that was being brought up in the parliament and this and that and that news obviously like takes off and okay but but still that that you know that conversation was still kind of up in the air and a lot of people were very confused by it but now the fact that they're like no we're gonna tax it and by the way lots happen right not just in india but outside india like Elon Musk, like the, you know, the meme captain of all memes here and, you know, the wealthiest man on earth making like flying to Mars and this and that, like that guy is obviously, you know, a bit ahead of his time and he's now talking about Bitcoin and saying he's buying Bitcoin and... I don't know. I just think uh, I think that was a bit of a turning point, you know, with hedge funds and all these institutions coming in. So I think India's realizing like they don't want to be left out of the party and, uh, you know, just put some guardrails on there. Um, well, we'll see. We'll see where it
0: goes.
2: Yeah, for sure. Well,
0: just, I, I've what? got a couple. A couple of yeah, questions. Yeah, 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 please. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just uh, you alluded Uh, in the conversation to uh, like the the fact that you're a a Bitcoiner. And like, I always love to ask this question to prominent Bitcoiners such as yourself, who has been in the space for a longer period of time than than most people. uh, And that's just like how do you come to conceptualize Bitcoin as, as the Uno coin, as the one coin and you were saying uh, something about like you can speak negatively about Ethereum and I'm sure we could actually like resonate on, on many points there because we also don't love uh, Ethereum in its uh, in its current state but like can you walk us through that evolution like your journey of, of rejecting the other cryptocurrencies? Yeah, especially um, having yeah. a front row seat <laughs> yeah.
1: that'll be it's another that's... Netflix series
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I I'm actually it. I kid a little bit because guys like Dimitri follow like his Vitalik's dad. They follow me on Twitter and I, I'm friends. I mean friends is a kind of a strong word, but you know, I've I've hung up with <laughs> these guys here and there and they're uh they're really nice. I have nothing but love and respect for and Anthony Diorio, who's like, you know, one of the founders of Ethereum, who a lot of people don't know, but he he actually I saw my own eyes. He was he was there and supporting the whole movement or whatever you want to call it. Um yeah, but so I so nothing but love for these guys, right? Uh but if I had to oh. be not let's let's not even say critical about Ethereum, but let's just say let's be is it what
0: do I love about Bitcoin? Um I you know in engineer oh. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I'm like more so trying to get your perspective of like why you've landed on Bitcoin for so long. And like one critique that I hear from some people, is like, oh, well, you got in early. It's easy for you to love Bitcoin because, uh, well, like there's not as much opportunity for someone getting into crypto and Bitcoin today. To to uh, find them in self and in a as fortunate as a position as someone who's gotten in early like that's one critique but I I think it's kind of shallow because there's, there's a, a lot
2: perspective of perspective too exactly
0: there's <clears throat> lots of other reasons why Bitcoin is like a we're still early and B um, like still the optimal choice even um, like. With respect if, why do you yeah. think it's the optimal choice? I'm just curious because yeah, I, I have a I have a bunch of
1: reasons, but I'd love to hear why why do you think it's the optimal choice? Because you when did you get into this space, like into Bitcoin, crypto, and all that? Like a couple of years ago? 2015. Keen oh, was a while ago. Okay, 2015. So then Not wait, though, was, was I got Ethereum
2: 2018?
1: 2018. 2018. Was Ethereum around when was it 2015-16? No, they came to market.
0: Okay, the guy so- I bought Bitcoin from actually told me about Ethereum when I was buying the Bitcoin. <laughs> He's like, yeah, this is the last of my Bitcoin. I'm just gonna go and like, I've just turned all of my other stuff into Ethereum. So like, I learned about Ethereum the day I bought Bitcoin. That that's kind of where where things were at the time.
1: Yeah, interesting, um, interesting. But okay, so when, and 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 yeah. And but what
0: what what is it that makes Bitcoin the apex predator or whatever in your mind? But I like to say that I came for the gains, but stayed for the philosophy like it was the like the promise of getting rich, so to speak, that like attracted me to the space in general. Um, But then like I was quickly um, disillusioned by that, right? Because like the the money I put in quickly halved and then doubled and then halved again, right? It's like you ride the train and you're like, well, this is not exactly about getting rich. It's about like rewriting the the uh, the financial infrastructure of the world. And like that's kind of the core message that i began to resonate with and then i started to to like rewire my perception around well which cryptocurrency does that the best and it's consistently been bitcoin throughout the journey um throughout my journey after that it's like no other cryptocurrency comes close to being able to fulfill that manifest destiny
1: yeah yeah I, i agree i think yeah my my reasons are probably similar uh So, yeah. So, like I said, ever since I was really young or whatever, I've always been really infatuated with trying to figure out what money is. And for me, Bitcoin is the perfect money. And, And to me, from like that Austrian, you know, kind of viewpoint, Austrian, whatever economic perspective, it's more like about hard money. And, you know, I get gold and I can kind of see the value in having something limited. It's not doesn't take a rocket science, right? If something's limited and, this, and the demand continues to go up, the chances are over the long-term, the price is going to go up. Um, so I like the fact that it was, so one of the first questions I asked Vitalik was, "What? what, what is it, uh, is it de- deflationary? And he said, um, no, it's disinflationary. And so when I started looking at the curve, and that was my first kind of a bit of a red flag. Um, he, I asked about. I mean, there was lots of things. Like I loved the fact that I didn't know who Satoshi was, and that Satoshi just yeah. like a boss chose mm-hmm. to stay anonymous. Like to me, that's like almost godlike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. I love it, right? I love it. And the fact that Vitalik, I mean, I would never hurt a fly, okay? But I have taken enough martial arts to I know I can beat up Vitalik if somebody was like, look, it's, it's, but, uh, you know, <laughs> for whatever. And the fact that I could, or I'm joking about that, but the fact that anyone could or me and 10 people could is an attack vector. And like, I'm yeah. pretty sure Ethereum would be negatively impacted if it's to this day was if Vitalik wasn't in the picture. And it's, I got no beefing against Vitalik. It's just that,
0: it's he's, just the fact he's that a man.
1: he's a man right yeah <laughs> he's
0: a man but i also want to hear what regaction that has to say about like the difference between like why she's landed on on bitcoin as well just because we, we have this discussion from time to time but it's been quite yeah. some time since since that and you've given your answer as well
2: i just feel like you and i have different perspectives on on bitcoin but we do end up on the same um same story and resonate on the same meaning of bitcoin being that bitcoin is money so um, to me, and this I might be talking out of my hat a little bit here, but, um, you know, Forex or foreign exchange trading and then commodity trading is two different things. I'm not sure if you can even do that on the same exchange. I'm not really sure how stocks work or that works. But um, bringing that sort of analogy to cryptocurrencies, I actually don't even look at Bitcoin as something that you would compare with Ethereum or Litecoin or ADA or Solana or, you know, or everything, every other project that's out there simply because I just look at Bitcoin as money being like, you know, Bitcoin is money, period. And then everything else exists to put forth whatever value proposition it has. So with Ethereum, may that be like the world's largest supercomputer and, you know, the ability to uh, build projects on it or, you know, whatever people say about Ethereum these days. And then like the same thing with Ethereum, whatever. etc,
1: et cetera, right and so, so there's this famous uh interview between who between who oh it's on that oh what's that really famous guy he's like got the most like, pop, one of the most peter peter something uh, mccormick is his name You know. Oh, yeah, okay, the yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a really good uh one between him uh, vitalik and samson have you guys seen it no i haven't
2: samson I, mao
1: i mean yeah to yeah some. samson yeah. mao and, and vitalik that i think that that is i don't know i mean because after i saw that um Like it became clear to me what it is, why it is that I don't gravitate towards Ethereum because there's this one line where Vitalik says that, I don't know how he says this. I'm going to like butcher it right now, but it's essentially, he says something along the lines that Ethereum doesn't stand for anything. Like, you know where Bitcoin stands for something? Like hard money and, uh, you know, and uh, it's got to be decentralized. And there's uh, there's all these things that like, pull at the heartstrings when it comes to like Bitcoin. Cause you're, it's like, you're almost making a point with it. Yeah. He admits, I mean, I could be wrong, but I, I actually wrote a blog about it and his dad responded and his dad agreed. <laughs> and he was like, I you know this was his tweet. He says that's both its um what's it called? It's both its downfall and its big opportunity. That so in my eyes, that's like an admission, and I agree. It's just that I'm I haven't seen that opportunity materialize. <laughs> yeah, but I'm very critical of Ethereum, right? Um, and so so but the reason I bring up Ethereum is because that's the pink elephant in the room, right? When like because that's the number two coin or whatever. And then if you look at Litecoin, which came even before uh, Ethereum. I literally looked at the code and I was like, "Wait, there's literally three parameters that this dude changed. Three parameters, yeah. and now people like built this narrative. Oh, it's silver. To Bitcoin's gold. It's like, no, it's not, dude. He changed three parameters. Like Satoshi's <laughs> an effing genius, and this other guy, he changed three parameters. Like I could seriously do that. Like I could seriously do that. I'm not gonna go for that one. So, so after you just start swatting away a few of these flies with some basic questions, you're like, "Wait, all of it is noise, right? Again." I can't stop my com- my competitors from building exchanges. I can't I I can't even stop Unocoin from building you know pathways so that if somebody wants to buy Ethereum, buy it. But you can always come to Unocoin and exchange for Bitcoin. <laughs> and, and we try and and our narrative and that's how we kind of stand out in the market. I think too. And I think like for example, we have a, I don't think I've ever told anyone this, but you know we have. We have an MOU with Blockstream, right? Where where we've been part of the liquid functionary, and we're you know we believe like Dr. Adam Back has come to my events in Toronto and spoke, and I love love him, right? Um, you know, but I, like I people like that, like Peter Todd's of the world, he's from Toronto and he spoke at a lot of my events, and like th- these, I, what I was gonna say before was that. Um, like I went to engineering and I always did well in school, but it wasn't because I was smart. It was because I was always really good at finding the smartest people in the room and becoming best friends <laughs> with them. So I kind of did the same thing in Bitcoin. Is that. I, I have a bit of a, like, I, I'm not super smart, but I have like a smart meter. Like I, I, I know just enough to figure out whether you're trying to bullshit me or not. And so- yeah. To me, again, like, dude, I I lost a lot of money probably by not being more bullish on Ethereum. I literally could have gone in like way... But I remember like, I can close my eye. My wife could even attest to this. Like, we were there. We could have been <laughs> Ether rich. But again, it wasn't about this whole thing hasn't been ever about being rich it's been about you know making a difference about you know changing the world um and and all of that right and so yeah so so for us yeah so that's kind of uh so what i was gonna say is i think i think in bitcoin and crypto when i do my you know smart test or whatever oh my god the people in bitcoin are like next level like they're like not even in the same you know class not even in the same university not in the same planet They are on a different level, not just intellectually, but morally, philosophically. They're just, they're asking harder questions and solving them at scale. I mean, and look, the smart computer thing, it's not going to work on me. It's not going to work on me because I know how computers work enough that I know that you can turn Bitcoin into a smart computer if you wanted to. Look at, you know, RSK, look at liquid and where it's going, look at these other things. But you have to have a like a like a a base layer that makes absolute sense um and it can't be you know little 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 tweak over here take a little ICO coins on the side it's like it's not gonna work I mean it'll work on the average person and a lot of people so I, I fear that and that's why like I said I do a lot of podcasts around Bitcoin and always try and take on ether heads uh on why I don't think and now the new thing is not ICO it's NFT, oh my God, all my friends are just like, Sunny, you don't know, you don't get it. Like Bitcoin, you know, like exactly what you said. Oh, the the opportunities lost. No, dude, it's not. The same thing I was telling you 10 years ago, I'm telling you the same thing now. The risk adjusted opportunity for Bitcoin like uh, far outweighs anything else like risk adjusted right you're gonna get lucky on some bullshit coin oh and then over a month it's gonna go back down or shiba or whatever you know and i'll give you the chance to buy those all day long right but (laughs) but we'll just buy bitcoin with that money we make because we're not we're not gonna you know what i mean it just it's just it's like it's like it's like gambling like i just don't like going to the casino like yeah i could win but i don't i don't care to just But, you know, whatever. Anyways, Bitcoin just seems like, and every time you buy it, you feel like more free. (laughs) There's like a feeling that comes (laughs) along with it. It's (laughs) free.
2: I was explaining this to Keegan the other day. You know, the the entire time that Bitcoin is going down, I was buying it. uh, I was buying the dip. I was buying the dip hard. And, I wouldn't spend the the amount of money that I've spent buying bitcoin money I say, the amount of canadian dollars that I've spent uh turning it into bitcoin I wouldn't spend on anything else like I can't imagine you know spending it on furniture maybe land but like no material thing is going to mm-hmm. it gives me the amount of happiness that buying bitcoin does cuz I just feel a little, a little richer. Even if I'm buying during the dip, I feel wealthier having converted the Canadian dollar. Yeah, into when Bitcoin.
1: the price goes down, if you're really hardcore into Bitcoin, when the price goes <laughs> down, you awesome. get excited. You're like, That's yes, amazing. finally! I didn't. I never thought this day would come. Thank you, God. Thank you, more FUD, more fear. <laughs> because you're like i can buy more like are you serious it's obviously going to like tens of millions of dollars so it's like <laughs> who cares <laughs> oh man but yeah um but yeah I, I mean so but then again you know nothing's guaranteed blah 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 but i i believe i'm, I'm very bullish on it I, I still think it'll be the best bet for most people you know that's why i love dollar cost averaging and you know things too. like that I was
0: about to say that actually it's like i wake up with fomo every day but ever since I've like set a dollar cost average, just $10 a day, like I, that FOMO just kind of dematerializes like, okay, you know what I, awesome. I did buy Bitcoin today, like it takes away my anxiety. Otherwise I just, really, just be freaking out that I'm not constantly getting the best price and uh, it takes a toll on my head. That That's <laughs> our best performing product. That's our, that's the product we're most proud of, like the it's systematic the buying plan.
1: And we yeah. call it systematic buying plan, but it's like, yeah, just like every day, every week, every month, that's you can just buy so much Bitcoin. It's like, we did like an analysis on it and it was like 99.8% of the people were in the green or something like that, you know, um, it works, it works well, like, and then it takes emotion out of the equation, yeah. you know, and like yeah. I said, it just makes it like systematic, which is awesome. Yeah.
2: Yeah, DC is great or a systematic buying plan. I kind of <laughs> like that name better, it's, like you said, as fans here.
1: Yeah, I think well, dollar wouldn't work in India, right? Dollar cost oh, averaging. Yeah, right. So you right. guys are clever, yeah. you know, buying instead of investing. And
0: <laughs> this is like a,
1: so. Anyways,
2: so we we actually just you know touched on NFTs, but what is your opinion there?
0: <laughs> there we go. Go for That's
2: it. That's yeah? my opinion. That's my opinion.
0: That was opinion. the answer.
1: Okay, the okay. Idea. I'll start with the positive. The best answer I've heard, okay, is that, you know, when somebody makes a painting, they sign it, this is the digital equivalent of that. That's the best answer I've
0: heard, (laughs) is what an NFT is. It it fails to actually... Um, accurately describe what it is, right? Because there's a hundred more of these photos with a signature on it. Exactly. That's where it falls apart. (laughs) No, I tried to start with the most positive thing I've kind of (laughs) heard that, that, that I could
1: intellectually stand behind um but then it falls kind of flat on its face because of what you just said like copy like I'm I'm hitting copy pasta copy c copy v all the time I'm like uh, you know so like what, what about a screenshot like how do but then oh well you don't get it sunny it's I don't know it's like that's like
0: taking a picture of the Mona Lisa I guess okay Um, You know what I like about like uh, like if I was to try to say something positive about I like the game the gaming aspects of it because people can uh, like these NFTs that they quote unquote earn in these games they're already mm. hooked to these secondary marketplaces that they Mm. can go and sell for something else. uh, Whereas like you don't like in Second Life or RuneScape or Warcraft you you needed to have this whole separate platform for monetization of your time and efforts that is spent going into Warcraft right. But if you've got any NFT item game, uh, game items that can be sold um, using the same wallet that used to play the game, over here on the secondary yep. marketplace, I can change that from wrap Bitcoin, unwrap it into Bitcoin, and increase my stacks just simply by playing this this game, right? Like so, there's that aspect of it as well. But yeah, I don't love NFT art. That is. That is a thing. I don't, that's not my game.
1: I just don't, I, I don't get art. Like I, I have, a, I have like a piece of art in the basement here that, that I literally bought like, yeah, for 20 bucks. Like, I, and I love it. It's it's beautiful, but I paid 20 bucks I for it. So noise. I'm not the kind of guy spending millions of dollars on art. So yeah. maybe I just leave it kind of, look, we might build something. We're probably tinkering with something, you know, well, we'll see. Cause I mean, it's, it's obviously a big thing and all that, but, uh, but personally, <laughs> how, long? What, <laughs> how long, what, how long will we build it? it-
2: yeah, no, 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 you said that it's a big thing right now. And then I said, but for how long is, you know. Yeah, yeah. like,
1: look, for us, we, we try not to like, again, uh, be too like I am. I have a, like a, a like a, a filter, I guess you could say. So that's why I'm very skeptical about things. But at the same time, we recognize that you know we don't know everything right so it's important to kind of experiment and do beta tests yeah. and right now we don't have the bandwidth or the money or whatever like we're not we haven't raised hundreds of millions like our competitors so we're we're running a tight ship but you know at one point if we had the resources and we'll start tinkering because some of these things are not hard to build <laughs> an empty marketplace <laughs> that's so easy right like that's not even hard um so we could build that and Look, if people value it, and again, we'll charge them a fee and huddle <laughs> <hodl> Bitcoin. <laughs> like, why not? If people want to do it, we're not going to stop them. We build marketplaces. That's our main business, right? right. Um, yeah. But if you ask me personally, I'm, I'm, I'm not that into it. And, uh, <laughs> and then for the reasons, like I said, we, we talked about earlier. But look, I mean, like I said, I, I think it's great that people are asking themselves about Bitcoin now. Like, I have so many friends that are in sports and you know now all these sports like UFC, which I watch a lot, they they're they've got their NFT thing going. NBA's got their NFT thing going. So I don't I don't think it's going away. Like I mean I I mean I meaning I don't think it's going to disappear next week or next month. Like the ICO thing hung around for a while. I mean arguably it's still here, <laughs> right? Yeah. I mean so some uh-huh. of these things yeah they might not be like the talk of but I mean. There might be something there. I don't know. Because there are a lot of really smart people. Like, you know, the example you gave, gaming. But but again, like, if I can wake up in the morning and have an opportunity now to think about one thing, am I going to think about you know, insurance no. on the blockchain or, you know, <laughs> blockchain for banks or uh, putting some artwork. Like to me, these are peanuts. Like I want to solve the hardest problem, you know, and work towards that, which is Bitcoin, right? Like, so how do I make, like for me making it, so we recently made it so you can get gift cards. You can literally go from like your Bitcoin to buying like you can buying for coffee cafe Day gift cards, right? And to me, that's exciting because then you can live on Bitcoin. And now if yeah. you want to just go buy your coffee cafe Day, just buy some gift cards on there. So making Bitcoin useful, and and like we have so many like e-commerce tools. If you have a coffee shop, you can accept Bitcoin in your store. You have a website, you can accept Bitcoin using WonderCoin. You can do all these like crazy things. So making Bitcoin kind of the center focus is. I think the opportunity, right, and and we do we we have an order book exchange and all that too, just so that you can turn your shit coins into bitcoins <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and vice versa if you choose, right. Like ultimately, we believe in the free market. So if if Ethereum is to win, then then great, right. Like I mean, who who am I to say, right? But it hasn't yet. Um, and you know, anyway, that's kind of our thinking. Uh, but I, what else What else is there, guys? Well, yeah, did you have any other, did I answer your questions or uh, oh, no, yeah, anything you, I missed? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, too much? Yeah. Like,
2: <laughs> no, yeah. not at all. No, this is great. But, well, I guess, so like, you know, are you still working for Buttercoin or is it... All,
1: no. Oh, God, all no, no. I, I, Okay, so my story with, uh, like, Unocoin was, I think about a year after I worked with uh, Buttercoin, Barry Silbert invested in Unocoin. And I was like why am I working for another company? The company I started just got money from who I consider to be like Batman of Bitcoin. He's like literally the Batman. So that was my kind of tipping point. So I always say Barry believed in, you know, even though I bought it on GoDaddy and kind of gave it life, like Barry, Satvig, these guys are like, they're monsters. Like they came in and kind of made it happen. Like he, I remember even the story though, that Satvig tells me is when, when Barry emailed him, Satvik so like deleted his email. He's like, he literally thought that he was trying to scam him. He's like, why would somebody give me money for this website that we're building, right? Um, so he deleted it. And then and then when Barry wrote back, I think a second or third time, he's like, dude, like I'm an investor in BitPay and Coinbase and, you know, like <laughs> respond. And so finally, I think, you know, after a couple, whatever iterations they took. So yeah, so that was a bit of a catalyst for me. And I came back, um, that was like, you know, it, it'll be in the movie. It was like hard times because i remember my wife was pregnant at the time and i'm like quitting a job with a google venture back company and joining one that i started in India for a Bitcoin, okay, like it was. It was really tough. I think my first uh, income was like seven hundred dollars a month or something. I was like, okay, once once we raise this whatever, then I'll go to a more amount. But it was tough times. It was tough times. Um, but yeah, but but no no regrets. You know, everything's kind of magically worked out. So my first uh, that was my first kind of I guess you could say departure from Unocoin was when I went work for Buttercoin. I had another departure as well when uh, in twenty seventeen. The court case happened, uh, you know, for two years. It was like a court battle. And I'm in Canada. I'm not a lawyer. Like, we're not building products. We're not doing raising money. So I was kind of useless at the time. And so the CEO of Kraken, Jesse, um, is a friend, I guess you could say, um, because uh, Barry is an investor in his company and every other company practically, and uh, and does like these awesome or used to do probably still does. I I stopped going to them uh, because of all this pandemic and everything, but uh, he used to do these events uh, or does these events for all of his like co-founders and they're always at like a really nice place and we all hang out like hundreds of us and so through that I've known I've known Jesse. So in 20 I forget what it was 18 or something 18 to 19. Um, he essentially was like, Sonny, like just keep fighting in India, but you know, come on board with us, and you know if you if you guys like win, then go back. And he's like, if you lose, you know, stay with us. So <laughs> I was a bit surprised when we won. I'm not gonna lie, I was not expecting us to win because, uh, like I said, David versus Goliath. Usually David gets squashed, <laughs> Um, but you know it does yeah. happen. You know miracles do happen. Harish is a human. <laughs> you can <laughs> talk to him on your show if you want, or sattvic. Uh, I uh, think they'd be very entertaining. But uh, but 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 during that time i spent about a year as a head of business development for kraken which is in my eyes the best bitcoin exchange you know in europe u.s you name it wherever canada japan they're like the best yeah so i have i have a lot of um you know respect for Jesse. So that. So then, when we won the court case, you know, a couple months later, I just came back to Unocoin. So those were my two. And I've done a lot of other things in between. Like I do did events in Canada as well, and I work for. I have another company called Paycase that I'm a part of. That was a guy by name Joseph out of Toronto. But 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 I would say you know Unocoin's been the the one thread that's always been there. <laughs> and now it's like, you know, full blasters, like full blaster mode. So it's it's a lot of fun. We're having yeah, the time of our life right now with a coin.
0: At the end of the day, that's the most important thing is just that you're having fun and that you're convicted in your, in your purpose, which, which it sounds like you are uh, like with the name and then uh, just your alignment, like, you know, you support the free market, you're a business, you got to have these other coins supported. uh, But ultimately like you're trying to kind of direct and funnel people into uh, like just being aware of the underlying current uh, of where it's flowing. You know what I mean? Like you've got this high level view and you're like, Hey, Trust me, guys, like Bitcoin's over here, but I'm going to allow you to do what you want at the end of the day because I respect your, your freedom of choice and all that good stuff. Um, yeah,
1: yeah, that's, that's yeah. essentially it. Yeah, but like, I, like I said, I personally spend most of my time advocating Bitcoin and interviewing people yeah. in Bitcoin. And if I talk to people not in Bitcoin, I'm trying to figure out why they're not.
0: <laughs> so when we started this conversation, you actually told us that you were in Ottawa um, recently. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell us... Uh, why you were in Ottawa for all of our listeners. And then like, what, uh, like, did you see any Bitcoiners there? And like, how does that tie into everything? Because I know that your latest podcast is called uh, Love and Freedom. Is that correct? The Love and Freedom podcast, or is it the other way around? With with Justin
1: Trudeau's uh, brother, Kyle Kemper is there. They have a, they have the same mom in Margaret Trudeau. Uh, Yeah. He's one of my, he's one of my good friends. He's one of my good friends. We're like uh, brothers from different mothers. (laughs) (laughs) uh kyle is kyle is a very interesting guy um what am i doing in ottawa um well if anyone follows me on twitter and stuff like that or my website whatever, they probably know that i'm uh on a bit of a a run right now with uh, I don't know what you want to call it, like trying to battle tyranny. What <laughs> you want to call it? That see, I, I I'm Bitcoin is my business. That's my job. That's my life. That's my work. Everything, right? Um, but I think I think there's a there's a much there's a very immediate um, you know tyrannical threat on planet Earth. And if you haven't noticed, <laughs> most people around the world have been locked down. Uh, you know, they've been locked down for a like two years do you remember how this all started what was it two, two weeks. weeks to flatten the curve. two weeks to flatten the curve and here we yeah. are two and a half years later right so um I don't know if you guys have been following like the Robert Malone Joe Rogan interview and oh, Dr. Yeah. McCullough and all that right so those were things that I kind of woke up to about a year ago and so I've been going down all these threads and like you know in the last two weeks I would say the mainstream media picked up on you know i would say 80 percent of all the things that we've been saying for almost a year now which is like natural immunity works and you know all these all these crazy things like how they fudge the hospital numbers and there's all these crazy things that's been happening right to, to try and build up this narrative and and i think a lot of people now are waking up right i mean Elon must just tweeted canadian truckers rule baby Woo! <laughs> um I love it I love it uh so what's happening um what's happening so
2: from your perspective actually since yeah. like on Facebook <laughs> or Instagram or you know, wherever we look but people yep. post things um from their perspective or what they hear is happening but I don't think that I've gotten a firsthand. Take on what what What's participation has been like, and yeah, like it, you know, when you're there, who did you see? What, what are these people actually standing for? Even
1: if yeah, there yeah. were
2: some Confederate flags or some Nazi flags, um, but you know, that's not the focus. That's exactly. not what everyone is there for.
1: Yeah, yeah. So so because of I think because of Bitcoin being in Bitcoin for 10 years, I you know, I learned a long time ago that, you know, I think I'm pretty sure Tony Robbins taught me this 20 years ago, but like you're not supposed to listen to the news.
0: <laughs> like
1: like they are literally bought and paid for, like they're literally funded by the enemy. So it's like uh anyways, I love watching the news, but more just like out of jokes, right? Um uh so so what what actually happened there? Okay, so long story short, the truckers are just saying one thing. Mandate freedom. (laughs) Right. Look, if you want to wear a mask, wear a mask. You want to inject yourself with experimental shit that hasn't even been tested on animals? Go right ahead. You know what I mean? Go right ahead. That's your freedom. But don't make me or a million and a half other Canadians force these whatever. Don't even come to me with science, okay? Okay. Advisor won't even it won't even release what's in the product like look at the court case that's going on I mean people are waking up now but there's no way that look we believe in freedom people should do but there's no way that you can force this upon people and then tax them and not allow them into hospitals don't let them don't let them out of the country don't let them into grocery stores this is what we say to those motherfuckers and we're coming for them the truckers are shutting down the whole country and I've seen it with my own eyes they said, we're going to go to Ottawa, which is the capital of Canada, and we're going to go sit in front of the parliament and we're going to just park our car, our trucks. And Our all, the farmers are there now, okay? The people are there. Everybody's there. There's millions of people now descending upon Ottawa and they're just honking for days <laughs> and weeks and months. And I heard they have enough money now with their GoFundMe campaign. I yeah, think it was the fastest story Ten. It's over ten, I think. They have enough money to sit there for the next two to three years. And I was there on the weekend to see if this is even for real. I'll just put it this way. I walked into the whole thing. All I felt was love and peace and joy and people that were just like in pain, you know, for the last two yeah. years. And now they were finally like, like we're like no we don't need to live in fear like you know we don't need to fear a virus that has a 99.999 you know percent chance of survivability like you have a higher chance of getting hit by lightning wake the up right like you don't need to live in fear you can you can you can hug people again you can you can live your life right and so it was really really refreshing and and the truckers in Canada or many of them 50,000 I heard now it's way more than that close to 100,000 trucks are saying mandate freedom you can't tell us we can't leave the country you can't tell us we can't go here and go there no mandate freedom or leave that's it and it's a global movement and It's already started. It's starting in Australia. It's happening in the U.S. In the U.S., they said they're going to have five hundred thousand trucks that are that are all on their way from California to Washington, and it's in Australia. I've been seeing the footage, but uh, okay. Whoa, 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 whoa. Sorry. By the way, I create. I'm getting too excited. I created a hour long, hour and nine minute long, um, like movie i've taken everything over the last week that's happened in my twitter feed all the videos and i created a montage like a collage of like of the story okay so i like i like made it like a story so it's like you kind of get what's going on so i'll share that link with you guys you can put it in the show notes and people can click on that and it's not my footage it's literally all the stuff that's come out on the internet that's like real like the truckers talking about like their experience and, you know, what the prime minister's saying. And then what's that person, that person, and you kind of all the different views. It's a little long, but if you're really interested in freedom, I assure you it will pull at your heartstrings. I, I've been, you know, I'm, so I'm doing this. I've done three live streams in the last week with Kyle. Um, you know, we're, we're just kind of going on the offense. Now we think that we see an opportunity and and it's, it's getting real. It's, it's scary. Um, yeah. But You know, like if if these people get their way and they can come in and do whatever they want to you. And let's just say, let's just assume that you haven't read all the studies in terms of like how the Pfizer stuff is messed up. Let's say it's even safe. Would you want to be living in a world where the government can just inject you forcefully for the rest of time? (laughs) Like that's the scariest, most tyrannical bullshit I've ever heard. And the fact that it's being done to me means that I'm a Bitcoiner. I'm lucky enough to have my own company. We gotten into Bitcoin early that. I can afford to spend, you know, <laughs> a lion's share of my day on what I think is going to create, you know, the best chance for my kids to live in a world where they don't have to be masked up. I took my kids out of school. We have a we have a lady that comes to our house and teaches them now, you know. But we're lucky enough because, you know, like you said, Bitcoin is great. But sometimes it's okay to part with it if there's something more valuable, and we can do all these things because we got into Bitcoin. And my point is, is like like the masks for little children like there's like a zero percent death rate amongst children how the hell humans adults are getting away with putting masks so the kids cannot breathe like i have asthma okay so i know i value (laughs) oxygen um and so when when you tell a child you have to put a mask and then you have to go running like i want to see one adult do that themselves like that is literally like child abuse Okay. Are and they I get.
2: Wear masks when they run in school.
0: Yes. Like they the-
1: have to wear it even when they're outside. My little one came, we put them in for a week or something. I was literally like in tears. I was foaming at the mouth. It was the scariest, craziest shit ever. Right now, we have this like beautiful lady who comes in and it's like love. They go for nature walks and it's like, oh. Well, my point is, is like the world is really, really messed up. And 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 I feel the the the, the center of that fight is literally Ottawa. Like the Canadian truckers, there's a reason Elon Musk. and Joe Rogan everybody's talking about it is because the Canadian truckers are finally the ones who are just standing up and when you go there you ask me what's actually happening there like I said it's a it's like uh, like it's like winning the Stanley Cup for like Canada right it's like it's like (laughs) that feeling it's like Canada Day times 100 right it's like everybody's just happy and they already feel that they've been victorious because just coming together is like and then on the flip side you have our prime minister who's Like, seriously? Okay, so by the way, I went into the center of this thing, the heart, and I took video of it. I haven't even released it yet. So the thing I shared with you, or I'm going to share with you is just from other people's stuff, but I haven't shared my own. So the first thing I did is when the convoy was driving by me, I live in Toronto. I went out in the freaking cold, minus 25. My wife came with me and I videotaped an hour and a half of on the highway, just trucks going one after another with Canadian flags, everybody honking hour and a half. Think about it. People driving 100 kilometers an hour and they're every single one of them and they're just packed with like people's and, and along the highway people every overpass in Canada from the west to the east was packed with people just cheering them on and and I took video of that I haven't released that yet I'm going to put that out soon like it's literally me screaming like a little girl for like an hour and a half <laughs> at the top of my lungs with like footage of just cars driving by it's epic and then and then I convinced my wife last week and my family to go to Ottawa <laughs> and we all all went we 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 drove down there we re- we rented um we got an airbnb it was like on a farm so my two little girls they woke up and they saw ponies like actual real life horse we went over they got to put horses <laughs> we did skating my little my seven-year-old learned how to skate for the first time we did a lot of fun things but we also visited the the what was it the terrorist misogynist racist uh, what is our prime minister calling us? The We went and saw all those so, people with our own eyes. The fringe eyes. minority.
0: The, you're the fringe, fringe minority, minority. That's you know? the word I forgot.
1: I went and saw them and I have footage of my own camera, and so do a lot of other people, of what actually happened and how amazing it was. And so I'm going to put that footage together, hopefully today or tomorrow, put it out there as well. But it's Good. all coming out and you'll see, you'll see all the swastika flags. It was literally, I, I was looking for something like negative, not even one. And then if you look at kind of on the internet, it's come out that like the swastika flag, the guys like here with it or whatever. And then like, everyone knows who favorite. Trudeau's, who Trudeau's cameraman is, right? Cause it's like on the internet and they have a picture of that guy, like right beside him taking the picture. It's Like, <laughs> dude, are you serious? Like, you know, the Terry Fox, that was the best one. Oh, they did, they, they took down the Terry Fox. Oh, they did something terrible to the, the Terry Fox. They defamed, Fo- the, defamed F- the Terry Fox <laughs> thing. Okay, hello, six months ago when BLM protesters took down John A. McDonald and decapitated him, nobody said a word, people stood with them. And today you're going to tell me that because these people put a Canadian flag on Terry Fox's back and a sign that says mandate freedom, that's called defacing. There's videos all online today with like all these truckers and stuff, cleaning Ontario, shoveling the stone in front of the parliament. Like, you know, like, but you'll never hear that stuff of the media. You'll never, you, you, you like, you'll watch my video. You'll see police officers. Like, this is amazing. Like, this is great. You know, like, no, like police officers in the middle of the heat of it. So anything you see and you hear from the, especially from the prime minister from, you know, from the news, the CTV, CBC, all the ones that are owned by the prime minister you're going to hear propaganda but it's so nice to see that and juxtapose it against my footage and our footage because Uh uh, it just tells you in real time what the fuck's going on and the game is up the game is up so it's vibrant i think it's very positive i know they're painting it as a very negative thing but but we'll see we'll see it's i I believe i believe it's the center of the freedom movement right now in the world and i think if, if these truckers give up and they lose then the <laughs> dark days ahead, but, but, uh, hopefully not, but you know, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> it, it feels like, it feels huge. Like I heard a million and a half people are literally like coming into Ottawa. And I saw, I saw when I was there with my own eyes, I could not see the end of it. Like I would literally look in one direction. I can't see it. And the other direction, I can't see the end. Like just like more people than I've ever seen in my life. <clears throat> And I have yeah. dro- I have drone footage, I have all of that, so <laughs> you'll see it. <laughs> it's crazy. The whole city is a parking lot. <laughs> wow! Thank
2: yeah. you for recounting that to us. Like it's yeah,
1: that's an from epic
2: rant.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will share. I will share the video with you guys. I think that will do it justice. <laughs> and I know people will be super skeptical. And everyone I talk to, they're like, "Oh my god, the Confederate flag, white supremacist." I'm like, "Yes, mom, I'm a white supremacist." <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, are you crazy? <laughs> like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and neither are the people there. They're like literally, like your neighbor. Like, like the friendly, like Canadians are the friendliest people on planet Earth. Like, they're people you want to give a hug to. You know, they're not. They're not. They're not terrorists and all these weird things. But they're they're just they're just like a little kid that's like you know frantically like kicking and screaming trying to like get people's attention. But with every passing day, it's becoming more obvious. Oh, yeah. Man. So anyway, so that I think you know, but I think that speaks to why Bitcoin is so awesome, right? Because like I said, if you if you bank on Bitcoin, if you build on Bitcoin, like I've done, right? You have an asset that you can say, "Hey, I'm going to take off now, you know, a month <laughs> or two to fight this thing." Or you could be like, you know, you have your business then that like have like 100 people and so I really believe that so my whole new kind of message with my website Sunny Ray or whatever.com, is all about like Trying to help other people also build on Bitcoin, right? Like whatever yeah. it is, if you want to write a book, I will introduce you to 10 authors. You want to build a company, you want to build an exchange, I will tell you exactly how to build it. You want to do whatever you want to do, you I will help you with it because I love Bitcoin. So that's kind of my personal brand or whatever, if you will. That's kind of what I'm always trying to gun for.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: That's amazing, Sunny. Can you actually point our audience to where all they can find you?
1: Sunnyray.com. My name, (laughs) Sunnyray.com. Everything, all these videos, everything I do, every thought, every Twitter. I write music, which really sucks. Okay, I make music. It's really bad. I have access to my SoundCloud blog. I I kind of go all out and it's literally like full of brain farts, (laughs) my website. So um, yeah
2: we'll link that in the show description as well and they'll be able to find get in touch with you and like find you on all definitely Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) and unocoin is just UNO Coin, right so if anyone's in india and they want to buy bitcoin or shit coins they can come to unocoin that's a great advertisement right come buy your shit coins here (laughs) no no come buy bitcoin
2: (laughs) is it unocoin.com or is it dot com unoqueen.com. Okay,
1: unoqueen.com. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, anything else, guys? Uh, oh, this out? is brilliant. Thank you yeah. so much
2: for your time and sharing your stories in such great detail. We loved it, and I'm sure that our audience is going to love it as well.
1: Well, cool. well, let me know when you guys go live with it. I'll try and you know tweet it out as well. And uh, yeah, it was great catching up with you guys or talking to you guys.
2: Yeah, have absolutely. a good evening. Yeah. Thank you so much, and you have a great day. Awesome. <laughs> right on. Cheers. Take
1: care. Cheers.